All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Nine o'clock in the uh, capital region, Kevin Karius, Ladislav Schmid, Sports 1440. We welcome in Kevin Kurz from The Athletic, covering the uh, Flyers and tonight's uh, big tilt. Uh, Welcome to the program, Kev. Uh, How's it going? You must be looking forward to a a Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettel game uh, tonight in Philly. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how the crowd is, too, because they had the home opener here in Philly on Tuesday, and it was a decent crowd, but it was such a zoo in the sports complex with the Phillies playing and the other uh, across the parking lot there and a big soccer game at the, at the football stadium next door. So um, I'm always interested to see how many fans want to come out and see a player like Connor McDavid, especially when they only get to do it once a year. I mean – for fans that give that get that opportunity, it's you know you don't get to see it very often. We had Frank Saravalli on, and I mean he was talking about how you know his kids such a big fan, and um, with the Phillies being front row and center, it must be tough to kind of get any traction for the Flyers at this time of the year in even a rebuilding season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, you know, I have a couple thoughts on that. Obviously, right now the team in this region is is pretty far down the the totem pole right the, the, the hierarchy hierarchy of fan interest it's always going to be eagles first and then you know when the phillies are making a world series push the sixers are pretty good um so i think the flyers and, and keith jones has talked about this you know one of his biggest challenges is combating the apathy that has set in here a little bit but i i also get the sense that there's always going to be a hardcore fan base of this hockey team in this city. And I think they appreciate now the direction of the team is, um, you know, it's been reset a little bit with Jones coming in, Danny mm-hmm. Briere, the new general manager, a whole host of other changes. Um, I think the fans really like John Tortorella as the head coach. And now they're in a rebuild. Now they know that this is going to take some time. And I think that, again, the fans that are going to be with this team no matter what, they, they're on board with, with the direction, with the messaging, with all of that. So um, they've got some work to do, obviously, uh, to, to get, uh, you know, become truly relevant again. But um, I think the fans recognize that that's what they're trying to do now. Kevin Kurz from The Athletic is uh, our guest. Kevin Kerr's show with uh, Ladislav Schmid, our co-host uh, every Thursday, 8 to 10. Uh, Laddie, I think you wanted to kind of touch on what it was like. I mean, because you asked about John Tortorella yeah. and his difference. Can you kind of express where you think it's been like Tortorella in Philly compared to other places? And maybe, Kev, you can uh, pony off of what Laddie has to say. Well, I, you know, I, I know guys who play for John Tortorella, obviously, uh, on you know, on the bench, he's a different guy than off off the ice. Uh, you know, everybody has great things to say about him off off the ice. Like genuine great guy. On the bench, a little bit different. He can be intense, but I I think like at this point uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers, he, he might be the right coach. You know, you don't have the you know tons of talent. They know it, but you can make up for it a bit with good work ethic and I think uh, the the fans will appreciate that right Philly is hard working city all the fans you know they appreciate the sports and I feel like one thing they want to see is the work ethic the hard work um, you know day in day out and and that's what they're going to be getting um, you know I, I think he's one of those coaches that can really squeeze it out of the team every little last piece of it so um, you know, I, I think he he might he's he's the right right guy in Philadelphia for right now. Hey, Kev, how's that fit been since Tortorella's come in? 
Yeah, so this is my first year covering this team. I was with the on the yeah. Islanders beat the last two years, but you know, just from talking to people in the in the organization, um, Tortorella is not just a head coach here. I think it's pretty obvious that it's sort of a three headed monster with Tortorella, Danny Briere, and Keith Jones making decisions um, in terms of on the ice, even off the ice culture, that sort of thing. You know, this isn't the sort of situation where some coaches on some NHL teams, they just coach the players that they have in the dressing room. All right. I think Tortorella has a little bit more of a voice um, in terms of just sort of molding this team um, on and off the ice. But, you know, Laddie said it also, it's about the hard work. It's about setting that standard. And that's something that I think, obviously every head coach wants every player to work hard on the ice. But I think, you know, just the sense I've gotten is that that was part of the, the culture that had to be reset a little bit. And, you know, Tortorella has made it a priority just to fix the culture in general. And they moved some guys out, Kevin Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, um, among them, uh, Ivan Provorov, um, and Tortorella has spoken a number of times about how the the locker room is just a completely different place for this team this season. And for him, that's one of the foundational pieces that they need before they can achieve anything else they're trying to achieve is, is just resetting that culture in the room. And um, again, he's talked about it on end, how much he likes it, how much better he likes it now than uh, previous seasons. Kevin Kurz from The Athletic is our guest. Karius Schmid, 1440 Sports in Edmonton. Um, Travis Konechny is an interesting uh, situation with the Flyers. He's got uh, another year after this year at five and a half per. He's only 26 years old. He's probably, you know, I mean, he's in the top one or two forwards for sure uh, on the team, if not the best. Uh, Where do you see his future in Philadelphia? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because he is at a great cap hit, right? Um, He's a point per game player when he's on his game. He's got off to a great start here so far. He's been he's been um, he's been really strong. So that's going to be one of those maybe developing storylines throughout the course of the year. Is is how do they see him um, fitting into this team's long term plans, and or does he become uh, maybe a guy that? Uh, a contending team wants to target at the trade deadline because you know if he if he's if he's averaging a point per game here over the next few months at that salary and with another year I mean he'd be a he'd be a heck of a of a target I think for a team that's looking for more offense so that's just going to be one of those things I think we're going to have to monitor throughout the season um, I, again it's clear they've made it clear here that they are in a rebuild Tortorella calls it the second year of their rebuild that's what it is in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But he is off to a good start. Um, and, you know, we'll we'll just have to, you know, see what comes along here in the next mm-hmm. couple months. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, I was really pleased to see Sean Couturier back back on the ice for the Flyers. Um, how much of an impact is he going to have this year on, on, on the team? Um, you know, I, I, I view him as one of the – one of the best defensive sentiments in the league in past, mm-hmm. I don't know, eight years. Mm-hmm. So, your thoughts? Yeah, he, he, it's, it's, it, it was a great moment for him in the home opener, right? It was his first home game in almost two years, and he scores a, a pretty sick shootout goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, it, it was also maybe even, even doubly uh, impressive because he didn't skate the day before. He's still sort of, I think, adjusting to his new reality physically. Mm-hmm. And that is he might have to take, take some, some days off, some practices off just, just for, for maintenance. Mm-hmm. And fortunately he said that whatever he was dealing with that, 
prevented him from practicing on Monday was not related to his two back surgeries, so that's good news. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, you know, on and off the ice. It's again going back to the culture. He's someone that is now in the room. He's around these guys every day. I think they appreciate having a guy like him, a veteran presence like him in the dressing room. Same thing with Cam Atkinson, who missed all of last season. And then on the ice, it was he's particularly beneficial in the faceoff circle. You know, he's 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 so good at faceoffs, and that's something this this team really struggled with last season. And a couple of, the, of their other centermen have struggled with it so far too. Uh, Morgan Frost, who's going to be a healthy scratch again tonight. Noah Gates is still, uh, I think, trying to improve in that area. So um, he helps them, I think, in just myriad ways here on and off the ice. And. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that has said he wants to be a part of the solution. He wants to stay here. I think he's only in the second year of his contract here. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going anywhere. They're just going to have to hope that he's uh, able to physically withstand the rigors of an NHL season. Kevin Gers from The uh, Athletic is our uh, guest on uh, Sports 1440. Um, Carter Hart had the shutout, 25 saves the other night against Vancouver, assuming he gets the start um, tonight uh, against the Oilers, the Sherwood Park product um again he's in a situation too where he's in the final season of his contract uh where do you see his future with this organization moving forward yeah i think they want to find out if he's the number one uh i think it's his seventh year in the league sixth or seventh year in the league now um it's just just for me anyway it's so difficult to judge goalies when the team is in this sort of a stage right and especially with this team's defense there are a lot of young defensemen that are going to be rotating in and out of the lineup all season long. Um, they they struggle. They've had basically two good games so far and one awful game uh, in Ottawa on Saturday. They they really did not look very good defensively on the penalty kill either. Uh, but this is going to be Hart's fourth start, um, which is interesting to me because they do have a kid in Sam Erson as the backup and. I think there's a chance that if Erson gets on a hot streak, he could even get more playing time um, moving forward. But it seems to be Carter Hart's their guy right now. Uh, obviously, I think he's coming off of a shutout here against Vancouver, so he played well in that game. So maybe there's a little bit of a reward um, sort of situation happening here. But um, he's played well so far uh, for the most part. Um, again, he's a guy, I think, like Konechny, we're going to find out if – um, he's going to be part of this rebuild, or or if you maybe try to move him at some point. But uh, my opinion with the goalies is always you. you I, I don't think you move goalies midseason, and I think if you're a team, you don't try to. You, you, you don't really look to acquire one middle of the season. Your goaltending just kind of is what it is as the season starts. Um, so I don't expect he would get moved at all this year. But um, you know, it's just another facet of their game. We're going to have to keep an eye on to see. Um, who's part of the solution and, and who might uh, who might not be moving forward. It's kind of hard to move away from a guy who is only 25 years old. Mm-hmm. As and a goalie. As a goalie. You know, like they, they usually come into the, their prime a little bit later in their career. So, yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and, wait and see. But, uh, yeah, 25 years old, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's still a big upside in him. Yeah. Kevin Kurz is our guest uh, on Sports 1440. So, uh, Kevin, as you mentioned, first year back in Philadelphia after you went out to uh, San Jose and then uh, Long Island. So um, what's it what's this kind of like for you to be back in Philadelphia after being, uh, you know, covering a couple of other teams? Uh, What's this, uh, you know, I mean, it's got to be being back in Philly. You know, this is kind of your home, I guess. So what's what's this situation (laughs) been like? 
Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I, I actually worked for the team um, through 2010 when they lost to the Blackhawks. So I'm pretty well versed in, in the history of this team and, and growing up a fan of this team as a kid. But just from a, a, a writer standpoint, it, it's, a, it's an interesting time to, to start taking over a beat just because they are sort of at the ground floor here of what they hope is going to be a fruitful rebuild. And there, there are some interesting storylines that come along with that. Even if the fan base might not be, the Philadelphia fan base as a whole might not be too tuned in to this team. Um, there's still the hardcore fans. There are still the fans that want to know about the sixth defenseman and the fourth line winger and the third string goalie. And um, But even beyond that, you know, there are a lot of young players here that are going to get a chance to make an impact um, we're going to see them plenty. We're going to see whether they grow, whether they don't grow. Um, we'll see which veterans are part of the solution and which ones they want to move on from. So just from that standpoint, I think it's going to be a very interesting team to cover, not just this season, but the next few. Um, and and obviously a big part of that is the new front office with Keith Jones and Danny Briere, um, who are trying to fix this team on the ice, obviously. But Keith Jones, obviously a well-known mm-hmm. figure, both nationally and in Philadelphia, he's going to be tasked with helping to bring these fans back and helping to sell out Wells Fargo center again. So there's a lot of uh, hurdles that they all have to clear as an organization, but I do think it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting few years here. Well, you're going to have fun at the game tonight for sure. Uh, do you have to go down early and catch the uh, first, what three, well, probably about five innings of the Phillies game. I guess you can watch in the, in the media room. Would that be about yeah, right? I do want to do that. That's a good call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, enjoy both games tonight and appreciate your time today. Okay. Anytime guys. Yeah. Take care. Thanks Kevin. That's Kevin Kurz for the athletic uh, as the Oilers take on the flyers tonight. Uh, both teams one and two coming in uh, to tonight's uh, tilt. Uh, when we come back, we'll have some uh, more open time with Ladislav Schmid. Oh. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Laddie, but I got my hair cut. Did you notice that? You look very handsome today. Oh, really? Okay. My hairstylist texted in oh. and, and just mentioned something to that extent. She's a big fan of yours, too. Oh, thank yeah. you. So, um, so yeah, it's a shame that you're just on the radio <laughs> with the New York guy, right? Like, <laughs> well, I, I might bring up how things went yesterday in the chair. Oh. I, I might. Yeah, nice. When we Looking come forward to it. Yeah. When we come back uh, right after the break on Sports 1440, stay with us. Ooh, I, laddie, are you Michael Jackson too? Yeah. Really? I I didn't know we would be getting into the Michael Jackson this morning for you. Oh, who does The Duke yeah. comes through again. Yeah. I didn't. Did you tell the Duke you wanted this on? No, I didn't, but he, he reads my mind, I feel like, sometimes. <laughs> so you you like Michael Jackson? Well, I like some of the songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it. You know, like, like Thriller, else. you like the big yeah, album yeah, Thriller course, and all yeah, that. Yeah. So what's your favorite Michael Jackson song? If that one? <sighs> I don't know. Billie Jean, maybe? Yeah. Let That's me a mention. good one. Yeah, That's Billie a good Jean. one. Yeah, yeah. Billie Jean. Um, yeah, he, yeah, very talented. Uh, tons of texts, of course, every time Laddie comes on. one 1440 Morning, gents. I'm a big fan of Laddie, and I'm curious from his experience what it is like when a new player comes into the room mid-season on a tight-knit group and this is what we were talking about in the Oilers dream world mm-hmm. of having Patrick Kane come in here for the last little bit of the season well it's part of the business right yeah. like you have to be like a you know if, if he's taking your spot it's not very <laughs> you know it doesn't feel very comfortable but um at the same time it's part of the business you're you know you're still human beings and you're trying to 
you know, make him feel like part of the group. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I, I never thought about it like that. New guy, saw his face, yeah. tried to help him out, set, set him up, you know, tried to talk to him about, you know, what's good around the city, you know, what, you know, all kind of stuff. It's not just the on ice stuff, you know. I think most most of the guys needs to, uh, you know, get familiar with the city and, mm-hmm. you know, if they have family, schooling, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, restaurants, stuff like that. So you got to welcome the guy, right? Yeah, you have to make him feel like he's at home. He's arrived at home. Yeah, and that uh, the whole team does that. Like, how many times do you see if a new player comes in, he ends up kind of staying at someone's house, right? Yeah, it, it happens. It happens a lot, especially if they're you know ran into each other previously on the, different teams or junior. Yeah, you know, I mean, like it happens a lot. Very rarely is a guy that comes into a team doesn't know anyone. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, that's very rare. Yeah, yes. for sure. Um, the hammer finally chimed in here today. We were talking about uh, chauffeurs. <laughs> The hammer says, "Have you ever seen the guys from Check Drive? Yeah. That's why they have drivers." Heads up today, laddie. LOL. We give you an LOL. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Now I'm even more confused. LOL. How about who this but, guy but, is? But I, uh, sometimes I feel on the road. I'm the 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 only normal driver out there. That's fair. Yeah, it's, it's yesterday we had that talk with my wife about the road rage, and okay. she actually told me. She told me that she feels for me sometimes because the the stuff that some drivers do just it's crazy. Thank God I am not on the booze and you know the other <laughs> stuff because I was very irritable and now I'm more at peace so I can deal with road rage. But it it just blows my mind what some drivers are thinking, what the thought process is. And I know I shouldn't be stressing over stuff that mm-hmm. I cannot control. Yeah, but it's just like, huh. So, but you're easier going now. Yeah, I am much easier going. When you see someone cut you off or whatever. They just don't know any better, right? Yeah. Like they, you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah. it's it's a, it's sometimes a mighty struggle, especially merging on the construction side. Merging is just, oh, some people don't know how to merge and slows down the entire traffic. And which... It's a nice weather, so the construction's still going, right? Everywhere in the city. Right. Well, that's the whole... The construction's so bad. And I mean, at night, sometimes you don't even know where... Like, if you go on uh, on um, Yellowhead Trail yeah. at night, I mean, you could go off the end of the road. You don't even know what's going on anymore yeah. out there. It's crazy. Um, I'm trying to stay away from that. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Um, so, did you have your driver's license in check before you came here? Then for like, yeah, what, yeah, two yeah. years? Two years? Three yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how did you adjust to the driving when you came here? It was fine. You know what was the hardest part about driving in North America? Calgary. When you go downtown Calgary, there's yeah, all, all the one, one ways. ways. Yeah. Couple times I went into the one way and there's like <laughs> people like going the other way. It's like giving me the lights, the high beams. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then I look over, it's like, oh, I'm in the one way. <laughs> it is confusing there. It is. Yeah. That's uh, true. And the other thing, uh, did you ever, uh, everyone says the directions in Calgary are harder, I think, because it's, you know, you start at one center point. And then you got the four quadrants, right? It, it is, it is, it is much harder. Yeah. Edmonton is so easy because yeah, you're either going north on yeah. the abs or east yeah. west on on the street. It, it is so easy. That's what uh, my my old my my former agent told me. He's like, yeah. you're gonna have no problem. Um, my first year driving was in in states, mm-hmm. uh, and I 
always drove pretty fast. So, and American cops are like no joke. Mm -hmm. I got pulled over like four or five times, but I had I had my check driver's license, so they couldn't take it away. So, but they were they were back then. I don't know how it works right now. I had like a you had to make a test for international driver's license. So that's what I did back in the day. And mm -hmm. I, I probably that year I got like six or seven speeding tickets. And I, I got familiar with one of the cops. It was the same highway between Portland and Old Orchard Beach in Maine. Okay. And yeah, he, that guy was just, every time he just shook his head, it's like, it's you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a heavy foot though. <laughs> pretty, pretty heavy foot, but like I, it wasn't like I would be going like 200 kilometers per hour. Like, yeah, like on, I don't know, 110 or 120, I would go like 150. Mm -hmm. It's pretty standard in Czech, but not, not in North America. No. And then, uh, well, did you ever in the U.S., of course, it's miles an hour, right? On yeah, miles. Side? Yeah, that's so, it here. was like 80 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Here is kilometers, so it's right. more familiar, but still I'm blown away that, you're supposed to go 110 from Edmonton to Calgary, which is like 300 kilometers. It's nuts. So how fast do you go when you go to Calgary? I cannot tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's my little secret. Do you have a radar detector? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Isn't it illegal? I'm I'm uh, playing by the by, by the rules here. I know in, in Czech it's illegal. If they catch you, that you can lose your driver's license there. Mondo wants to know, what were you driving, laddie? I don't know what that means. Like what kind of vehicle, I guess. Here? I, I have a truck. Yeah, you got the truck. In, in Edmonton, I had a G-Wagon. Uh, sorry, sorry, in Czech, I had a G-Wagon. What about in Calgary when you're going down the one way? <sighs> I had the Range Rover. <laughs> but now I'm I'm so happy. I have to knock with yeah. my with my truck. Ford, yeah. Ford truck, I love Ford, Ford trucks. One, I oh. saw it, yeah. When you yeah, yeah. I, I, I love trucks. It, yeah. it fits everything. Uh, kids, are, kids are happy. My son is obsessed with G-Wagons now. Because I, I had it for a couple of years in Czech. And I, it, it's a the, cool car. That's a commercial with Derek Jeter? There's a Derek sure. Jeter, the baseball player. That yeah, he, yeah, I know. I know. He comes out and he's in the G wagon, I think. Yeah, probably. Or is it like a wagon here? Maybe I'm. I might be wrong on that. Maybe wagon here, but it's a Mercedes. Like a cool car, but yeah. wasn't you know like not really great for family, big family. So <laughs> get rid of it. Um, text coming in at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This is Sean. 100% agree with you, Vladdy. I was thinking about starting my own YouTube channel, broadcasting the drivers of Edmonton. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you can host it. I, I, I will host it. Um, Gladly. I can't drive two blocks without almost getting into an accident. Um, <laughs> it then, it is know, a treat. Makes me wonder how some of these people get, uh, get their licenses driving a $100,000 vehicle. Uh, da, yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. Well, you could. There's your new job hosting the the driving situation in Edmonton. But I, it would have to include swearing. Yes, I couldn't do it well, without do swearing. It. Well, look at uh, the Pat McAfee show right now. Eh? Have you ever watched that? No. Okay, that's going to be your homework assignment. I think when you get home, it's on for about an hour yet. Is that correct, Duke? I, I think it's got. I think so. it runs till noon. Yeah. So Pat McAfee, this is a podcaster guy. He used to get Aaron Rodgers on every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Okay, but but when he started out, he was an old punter in the NFL, I guess, right, Duke? Yeah, punter and uh, he, like Adam Vinatieri, the greatest kicker of all time. McAfee was his holder as well with okay. the Colts. Yeah. So, but he started this thing, and then Aaron Rodgers came on, and he's turned himself into a multi, multi, multi million dollar empire. So much so that ESPN said, "We want to have you on ESPN, oh. not on just podcasts." 
But he said, well, I mean, we, we drop the odd F-bomb every once in a while. So they have a disclaimer at the start and they say, you know, you, I think they have a swear jar, don't they, Duke? I don't know. Yeah, they, they do their best to keep it clean since they move to, a, you know, network television. But old habits die hard, right? So yeah. they, they still uh, <laughs> they still slip up here and there. But And the other thing that he's doing now is he's really getting into hockey. In the last, is he? Yes, uh, and because he never ever really touched on hockey, but I think he realizes how great of a sport it is. And it I is. think it's you know the what's, best sport it is. What I always when I was doing that, I remember when I started doing games with the Oilers back when you were playing, and uh, we were doing a game in Nashville, and some of the fans were saying, "Why are they going off the ice so fast?" I go, "Well, you don't understand. Like in forty seconds, you're gassed. Yeah, yeah. You don't have anything left." Uh, I said to them, I go, next time you watch an NFL game, time a play. Yeah. It's about seven seconds. And then they come back and rest for 40. Like whenever they run like end to end sometimes, yeah. do you know how gassed they are? They are gassed. They're gassed. Like, they come like out of the game. Do, yeah, they come out of the game. Like you, ha- you have to do it like, <laughs> like 40 seconds and it's hard. Yeah. Like s- hockey is a hard sport. Like you're on skates yeah. and you're trying to like, Concentrate of stick handling the puck, passing, observing all the other stuff while at high speed. Mm-hmm. Like people don't understand. I I like how some of the uh, NFL guys like uh, who was the guy in Tennessee? He tried to skate. Uh, I don't know Tennessee, but I remember Manute Bowl in basketball. <laughs> no, but but no, this was, was this was recently. Like okay. oh, I, uh, he was some of the NFL player was like watching hockey and it's like oh mm-hmm. this is easy. So they got him on skates. Like, and he was like, like no, yeah, yeah. I always say, uh, Laddie, and to our listeners, whenever you have an extension off of your body, it makes things. That's when a sport is hard. Okay. So look at okay, everyone grew up throwing a baseball yeah. or throwing a basketball. It's not an extension off your body. Skates, you're on an eighth of an inch of a steel blade. Yeah. Now you're also putting something in your hand with an extension off that with a puck. Why tennis is such a great sport? Because it's an extension off your body to try to make something happen. Yeah. Soccer, and I'm no disrespect to all these athletes, but hockey is by by far the hardest. It, it's it's not even close. I I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's it's. You have to be focusing on so many multiple things. Yeah, Texter says Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, yes, Jalen Ramsey, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and he's a hell of an NFL player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you aren't tired from imitation, Tom, if you aren't tired after forty seconds of hockey or even indoor soccer, you aren't playing hard enough. Uh, that's that's what I, what I tell my kids. Like when yeah. I coach kids, I'm like, so so you're overdoing your shifts they're like minute and a half there then they mm-hmm. come on the bench and they still have enough energy to talk i'm like what are you doing guys like you should be coming here catching your breath and, and like you should be coming off the ice at 40 45 seconds yeah hops like, what are you talking about yeah. well you're not working hard enough exactly again i do, when people say uh, you know and foot you what do you when you're five years old and you're in the backyard in the united states you throw a football yeah um or baseball, yeah. or baseball, yeah. or basketball. Again, but there's no yeah. extension off your body. In in Canada, you have a problem backyard. Uh, and you're playing hockey. Yeah, you're, and playing you're learning. Hockey. You know, yeah. um, two extensions of your body. Yes, sticks yeah. and skates. I think yeah. we did mention that. Yeah. Uh, that comes from Jeff uh, from Googie. Uh, Pat McAfee also wrestles and does commentary occasionally with the WWE. Plus, he goes on college football on Saturdays. Right. Wow, uh, busy guy. 
And you'll see him like he probably is in the tanning bed a little bit, I think. Uh, One of those, eh? But he wears, he'll wear a muscle shirt every day, right? Is that what he wears, Duke? Or is it oh, a wife, oh, what yeah, do you call a wife beater? No, no it's a wife beater. Uh, uh, like yeah, a sleeveless, well, uh, a sleeveless, a sleeveless. Sleeveless shirt. How's there you that go. sound? So, so he shows his guns I, off. He's I, the, I wore today, today, yeah. once in a while, I go to the gym and I wore You wear that, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but you got Thank the God. guns to do it. Uh, yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> I, I feel self-conscious a little bit. Maybe I should steer off of it. Uh, statistically speaking, the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a baseball with a bat. True. True. Yeah, it's very difficult. Again, it's an extension. How, how, extension how often off. do you do it, though? Like, well, if you hit game, it, if you do it, it like you're at the bat four times, you're you have at the, at the game hockey game, you're there, what twenty five shifts for forty yeah. seconds. Yes. Okay. Um, again, and the and the physical part of it is much. If you more if you do it one for three every every game, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you do it one for four, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the truth. It is true. You know? that's crazy. No. Yeah. Like think about it. Like I never. Well, there's another movie, uh, uh, Bull Durham, right? You saw Bull Durham, and he's explaining that all you need is two or three of those hits to fall in, and you're in the show, not in the minors, in the jungle. Um, Hockey is the hardest sport by far. Uh, Sean, personally, I think golf is the hardest sport in the world. Oh my God! I mean, Uh, I don't think we're saying the hardest, but I mean, if you're saying, I always, I always throw this in what world? I always throw this out. Okay. Brett Hall is a hell of a golfer. Came up here, uh, man, it's over almost 25 years ago. Brett Hall and Wayne Gretzky played Mike Weir at Nor- uh, Northern oh. Bear in a match. And, and you've, seen Gret- you've seen all these guys go and play in the celebrity golf tournaments. Mm. And Tom Glavin, here's another one. Tom Glavin used to pitch for the Atlanta Braves, mm. was drafted by the LA Kings. He says hockey's way harder than baseball. Like, we like, like we are talking, like I'm not just talking about the, the skills and it's stuff. Like, yeah. it's, it's everything. How much work you put into like being, you know, in a physical shape and stuff to, you know, withstand the season and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I honestly. I always say too, you know, Laddie, when, you, uh, when you're playing, one of the hardest things is when you're engaging with another guy. Because you know how that is when you're, you're, you're sort of using your upper body and you you don't control your breathing as well, and you're you're stopping your breath because you're trying to push push and yeah. get every ounce of energy to that. You know you get tired, more tired, more tired, right? And then try to drop gloves and fist fight with somebody <laughs> on skates. Yes. Yeah. After forty second shift. Yeah. Don't do that. Yes. I strongly advise. <laughs> I did it against Mike Brown in Anaheim and I was it was like a speed back. It was yeah, it wasn't pretty but uh we're gonna talk baseball when we come back and because you're watching the Phillies, right? Phillies baby. Yes. Phillies baby you know what? Look at what we've done to you in the last two months. Golf. Golf, Ryder Cup. Yeah. Phillies. Phillies. And you well, if you're going to say you're... Thank you, guys. You're, yeah. you're like... We're expanding your horizon. horizon, exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> when we come back, we'll uh, check in with Bob Nightingale from the USA Today covering uh, baseball playoffs. That's Karius Schmid on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to elevate your game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Unlock the pen 
potential of your residence uh, with a home elevator or lift. You can learn more at TrustRam.com as we welcome in Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Bob, you're with uh, Kevin Carius and former NHLer Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thank you, guys. Well, just wanted to talk about elevating your game, and that's something that the Philadelphia Phillies sure have. Uh, just your thoughts on a team really peaking so far in the playoffs. Yeah, they uh, play great this time of year, just like the Houston Astros. Uh, they got stars that uh, step up this time, and uh, they're playing great, and, uh, you know, great great home field advantage here in Philadelphia. They just can't seem to lose there. Well, we've had a lot of guests on tonight, uh, or this morning probably, because of tonight's Oilers game in Philadelphia, which is basically taking second fiddle. Well, everything is taking second fiddle. Uh, what's impressed you the most about this uh, Philadelphia team at this point of the season with all the offense uh, uh, just uh, uh, chiming in on all cylinders and firing on all cylinders, and then the pitching has been outstanding as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a team that you wondered about the pitching. Uh, they had shaky defense, uh, struck out too much. But, yeah, they've all just stepped up this time of year. Uh, great clubhouse uh, atmosphere. I mean, when they, uh, you know, when they clinch, they, you know, party like they just won the Stanley Cup, you know, time after time. It's, a, uh, it's, it's fun to hang around those guys. They have a great time, and uh, they trust each other, believe in each other. And you're right. I mean, the, the pitching's been superb uh, with, with Nolan Wheeler. It's been a, uh, you know, almost a, look, looks like a, uh, a Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling back in the day. Man, no kidding. And, you know, Laddie here, Bob, has just kind of <laughs> turned into a Phillies fan all of a sudden. Seriously, I wasn't big on baseball, but, well, big on, yeah, I wasn't big on baseball, but I love watching playoffs. And now we have Frank Severelli from Philadelphia uh, kind of getting me on the Phillies train. And it's it's fun to watch. I I I I knew about Bryce Harper, right? Like everybody, like everybody. Mm-hmm. But that guy, he sure elevated his game. And, you know, it's I think they're getting really hot at the right time. Right. So. Now it's it's really fun to watch, but I, I watched the the other series yesterday. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's gonna go to seven games, or do you think that Texas Rangers can win, win make it three one now and then close it off at some point? What are I your thoughts? We'll go seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go seven. The, the crazy part is the Houston Astros are like you know the, the it's almost the opposite of Philadelphia. The Phillies cannot lose at home. The Astros can't win at home. Uh, they like it on the road when people are booing them and taunting them and everything else. So maybe their own fans should start doing that to their own players. They had a losing record at home all season long. And, uh, you know, as you saw, they lost the first two games to the Rangers at home. So, yeah, it's a funny team. They can't figure out, you know, because they have good crowds. But, yeah, that Philly crowd is uh, is special. Uh you know, you talk to veteran baseball players and scouts and everybody else, and no one can quite remember an atmosphere quite like it. You know, almost like you know the old Yankee Stadium back in the day. You know, you're right. Uh, as we're speaking uh, with Bob Nightingale from USA Today on the drive-in, I was listening to uh, um, Phillips and and and, uh, and Carnacion, and those guys were talking about maybe the Texas fans should start cheering for Houston because that's uh, they, they 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 sort of get kind of fired up when people boo them. So, um, what do you think of the play so far of Jordan Alvarez in that series, and well, just all of the playoffs in particular? Yeah, I mean, if he was uh, playing in uh, New York or L.A., there'd be billboards all in the city on this guy. Uh, he's like the new, you know, Reggie Jackson, the new Mr. October. 
Uh, it's amazing what he does. And uh, you know, Dodgers haven't made too many mistakes uh, in recent years, but this is one of them. They pretty much gave him away for nothing just to get a middle reliever. In fact, Houston Astros is actually asking to trade for a different Alvarez, not Jordan. They end up with Jordan, and uh, he's as good uh, as a hitter as there's in the game. Just people don't know about him. Yeah, I mean, he's just been, um, and he's been injured a little bit, as you mentioned, and things like that. So uh, he's carrying the Houston offense, and uh, um, Laddie wanted to kind of ask you about the, the big play last night in center field. Yeah, the catch by Olivares. Al- yeah, on Alvarez. Yeah. On Alvarez, yeah. yeah. So By Tavares. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, hard yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my second language. <laughs> struggling with that, but yeah, that was, a, that was some crazy catch. Yeah, fabulous catch. You know, that one could have turned up tie. They could have, yeah. you know, made the Rangers, uh, you know, win that game. Uh-huh. Uh, it was certainly a, uh, you know, a spectacular catch. And, uh, hey, Texas is fun to watch. I mean, you know, they lose their top guy in Jacob DeGrom, and they've had injuries. I've never seen a more streaky team, mm. you know, get to this point of the season. You know, every time you look up during the year, you know, they win eight in a row, they lose eight in a row, up and down, up and down. And here they are, and, and it shows what a uh, a great manager will do. You know, it's supposed to be in the same team as a year ago, but now you have Bruce Bochy who will go in the Hall of Fame one day as a manager and leading leading the way. But but they, uh, you know, both him and Dusty Baker, I think, show what experience and uh, great leadership will do for a team. Yeah, for sure. Bob Nightingale's our guest on uh, Sports 1440. Um, you know, the Rangers kind of season turned around when they got a few guys back like uh, Garcia and, and Haim and Young, but then they brought up Evan Carter, and he's been just unbelievable for this team. Can you touch on what he's meant uh, as a young, young player being really inserted right into the lineup in a, and contributing on a daily basis right now? Yeah, I mean, his teammates joke with him, like, what, were you back in high school, uh, you know, earlier this summer? It's amazing how you know, young he is. And when they got drafted him out of high school, nobody knew who this kid was. I know when they had it on uh, on TV with the draft, with you know, ESPN and MLB TV and everything else, everybody scrambled because nobody ever heard of the kid. So great, great scouting to find a guy like this uh, with the makeup and all. But it certainly looks like he's a, a, a burgeoning superstar. And and you know what they got another guy coming in Wyatt Langford who's you know an up and coming prospect as well so I mean Texas is probably going to have to move some guys out but they've got some a, a real kind of a good prospect pool uh, as we're guesting with uh, uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today Carius Schmid on Sports fourteen forty we'll get back to that uh, game three to this afternoon at three o'clock our time uh, Philadelphia and Arizona Bob. Um, what do you make? Uh, is it basically a bullpen session again? I mean, uh, Ranger Suarez will start for Philly, but are we going to see any three? What did he get? Five innings last time he was out? So, I mean, what are we going to see as far as things shape up on the mound today in game three in Arizona? I mean, he's a very good pitcher. He really is. I mean, he could go, he could give you six innings for sure. I mean, maybe in seven. But this guy was dominant last year in the postseason. I mean, he was spectacular. So he's certainly capable of doing this. Uh, you know, on the Dimeback side, a young rookie starter out of Texas named Brandon Font. Mm-hmm. He pitched lights out. I think they pulled him too early last game, but I, I think they'll let him uh, go. The key for him is just uh, he gave up a ton of home runs during the year. I would say like 44 home runs, but just to uh, make sure to keep that team in the ballpark, particularly early on. I think they need to get the uh, the home fans behind them. But I'll tell you what, flying in from Philadelphia – Yesterday, a lot of Philly fans were on that plane, mm-hmm. and I think because the Dynamics are down 0-2, 
you can get into a game today for as cheap as $15. It's like the cheapest what? tickets you can get in, they say, in NLCS history. Holy cow. So are they, they're not expecting a sellout then tonight? Uh, I think they should be getting close to one. But, uh, you know, oh. uh, it's, a big, it's a big stadium. But, no, I think, you know, this kind of a piece is kind of a uh, you know, bandwagon town. A lot of, uh, you know, people from other parts of the country live here. But I think if Philly gets up early, you're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of Philly fans uh, among the time back then. Hey, what have you made, uh, Bob, about the two Blue Jays that came over in the trade to uh, Arizona in uh, Moreno and Gurriel, specifically Moreno because he's such a, a young, young catcher? Yeah, this guy's a great young catcher. Tell you what, the I mean, Diamondbacks aren't gonna play us out of that trade. That trade of Walton and in. Uh, Gurriel has been lights out too. He's been great. But Marino's got a chance to be a, a, a perennial all-star. Uh, the pitchers love throwing to him. You know, big time bat, and uh, kind of you know reminds you of like a young Pudge Rodriguez. So uh, yeah, great trade for the Diamondbacks. They didn't want to trade Marsho, mm-hmm. but what Gurriel has done, but but Marino uh, mm-hmm. has been spectacular. Yeah, um, I got a question for you here. Uh, I admire Shohei Ohtani big time. You know, so this is a little off topic of the playoffs. What do you think of him and where he's gonna end up playing next year, and what his contract might be like? Because I think he is. Is, is he like? Is he one of the best of all time? Like in my opinion, probably. But like, what do you think? You have been covering MLB for a long time, so you might have more insight. To it. He's, he's sort of the most unique player we've seen, probably since, you know, Babe Ruth. Uh, but, you know, the fact is able to, you know, hit and pitch like he has. Uh, I think he'll stay in the L.A. area. I think he's going to go to the Dodgers and the Angels. I won't completely rule out the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's going back east because he wants to pitch. And, you know, mm-hmm. you stay out west, you got the weather. You don't have to worry about, you know, whether there's going to be a rain delay or something like that. So, and I, I think he'll get... You know, somewhere between four hundred fifty million, five hundred million dollars. Uh, the one thing about this guy, he sells tickets. You know, it's like, like hey, you know, like when, when Gretzky played, and you want to see a star, everybody comes out to see him. And I think the same thing here is that people want to see Otani. And uh, so, even though teams, you know, would pay that kind of money, they're probably going to get about twenty-five, thirty million dollars a year out of it, just with the, uh, you know, advertising and licensing. Bands coming over in Japan uh, to come see him. So yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a great show. Um, is it is it for him sustainable physically to pitch and hit that well for number of you know years, or is it gonna start burning him down and we're gonna see more injuries? I think they gotta be careful. This is the second time he's gotten Tommy John surgery, mm-hmm. so you know can't pitch at all this year. Uh, it just, you know, it's so hard to do. I think more guys will start doing it, but, you know, it's a, uh, you know, even when it, with the Angels, you know, a normal pitching rotation is one of every five days. For him, it was like one of every six days. So I think whoever gets them, say, okay, you're going to pitch once a week. We want to be very careful with you. And he's, you know, become very dangerous with the bat. I mean, he wasn't as good pitching-wise this past year as he was in, uh, in 2022. But hitting-wise, this is the best he's been. You know, very dangerous hitter. For sure. Hey, uh, Bob, appreciate your time today. Uh, enjoy the contest. And I'm sure, uh, well, if the Phillies can keep plugging along, I'm I'm sure they hope Texas and Houston go seven long games, I'm sure. 
Yeah, they need something. There's a uh, been a lot of sweeps and everything else, not many lead changes this postseason. So <laughs> they need some excitement. And I think that's why people love the Phillies so much, just those crowd <laughs> shots. People are going crazy. That does remind you of a hockey atmosphere. <laughs> really, oh, really man. Bad, even that clubhouse. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, enjoy your time, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Sounds great. Bye. That's Bob Nightingale from USA Today as the uh, Game 3 of the NLCS is set to get underway, uh, and that's where Bob is. And then, uh, of course, we got the uh, Texas and Houston game number four. Uh, Oilers are on the ice for the morning skate. It looks like Jack Campbell will play goal tonight. Isn't that what you said, Laddie? That's what I thought. They hmm? Speg didn't believe me. Didn't trust me. <laughs> well, we, you so. <laughs> we were just using no, scenarios. No, no, like, yeah, you know. I, I, I know what he was saying. Yeah. You know, and and it makes sense. Makes sense if uh, there was a plan on long, but you know, based on his performance in the last game, I think he okay. deserved to play. And you, we also said that Philip Broberg deserves to play, right? Yeah. Well, it looks like Vinny DeHarnay's in for Broberg. So now it's a little yin and yang. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I, so I, I guess you want to get a guy in. You you right? you want to get get a guy in. I yeah. I guess you you can do that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure they're gonna talk to Broberg and you know explain to him the situation. Hey, we we need to give DNA some some reps. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing you did wrong. So just take a day off and uh, or game off and 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 maybe there's. I don't know. Maybe they think Philadelphia can offer maybe a little different uh, look, and DeHarnay can add a little more physical presence. It's going to be a bit, bit different game, right? Like mm-hmm. Philadelphia is going to play hard. They know they have to compete. You know, if they want to have any chance to to pick up any points. So. Well, yeah. So that's the the story from Philadelphia. And uh, where are you off to now, laddie? What do you got? You got hockey at twelve. Yeah, I got a shinny at eleven thirty. Shinny at eleven thirty. Shinny at eleven thirty. And that's in Nisku, and that's with the hammer. That's Hammer, yeah. LOL. Um, he didn't say anything else. He was really quiet today, wasn't he, Duke? He did, had did the he, one did, thing to say that he threw a, a little something about when we were talking about the driving yeah, situation, yeah, and yeah. that was uh, that was he about never, it. Never talked about your hands. Never said anything. Well, he I just said heads up today. Yeah, he did say heads up. <laughs> so, so should I bring shoulder pads this time? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know what? I've got my, uh, uh, you get stopped by my truck. I've got my Sherwood uh, 7,000 PMP wooden stick. Those those were dangerous. They're heavy. Yes. You can they take are that heavy. and g- give the hammer a couple cracks. Yeah. You, you have to aim between the sh- uh, elbow pad and yes. your glove. That's the best. My dad always taught me. He's like, mm. that's, you know, well, you, you can, can, you can break, break a hand, but if you're careful enough, it's just. It just hurts. But actually, I did go to United Cycle yesterday and buy a graphite stick. Finally. Eh? Finally, yeah. First one in uh, maybe three, four years. Well, go there and make them sponsor the program. Well, they already are. Oh, they are? They are. So so did you pick it up for free? No, I paid. Yeah. I'm my own man, baby. Okay, I I love it. I love that about you. Okay. Uh, Laddie, thanks a lot for coming in again. Uh, And you're going to be with Gregor today at five, right? Apparently, Apparently, yeah. 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 Special guest appearance. Yeah, stepping up the ladder. Yeah. No, 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 you're slumming it now. Uh. <laughs> hey, we had Sean Brown on yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Brownie came Brown. on and he was fired up. 
Yeah, he's a nice guy. Well, sure he is, yeah. <laughs> okay, laddie, have a great weekend. Take yeah, care. you too, guys. Thanks for having me. Again. All right, when we come back at the top of the hour, Rod Walker from the Times-Picayune. Uh, Saints taking on Jacksonville tonight, Thursday night football. That's coming up at the top of the hour on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Before that, though, the Duke with a 14 Sports 1440 update. Sorry, Duke, my fault.